The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Casual KO. Had a fun week last week. Nice little, uh, I mean, it's a pretty successful card for all three of us, really. Saw Alex posting his stuff. I saw, uh, you know, some some good picks coming from all all of us, really. I marked these down. Um, the winners of the card were, as far as picks go, were Alex and myself. We tied at eight. You had seven, so you were one pick behind. You'll get one these one of these. Well, you know what sucks about that one pick? It was fucking. It was the Jamal Pogues fight. Like that fight, I wanted fucking nothing to do with. And of course, that's the one that sells me short. I think. Well, no, because he picked Peterson as well. I was the only one that picked Pogues. And I actually thought that I picked Peterson, and I messaged you guys, and I said, I'm going to switch to Pogues. Um, you guys both picked Peterson. We all picked Quinones, who got robbed, dude. Like, oh, I, I honestly, That was painful, dude. I think he legitimately got robbed, man. If you look, if I were to show you the stats of the fight, the control time, the strikes, I mean, Quinones won all of those. It just seems like the judges don't like his style, and maybe he doesn't carry himself very well when he's getting hit or whatever. Um, we all had Luana Carolina. That was an underdog. We all were on her. And anyone that bets Stolyarenko should feel like a moron because she was crying. She was crying. Did you see that? That she was actually crying. Yeah, it was just not good. Pathetic. Not Pathetic. good. Someone like that should not be in the UFC. Your sharp pick, to be honest, Jared, was Lee against Builder. Um, that was a nice pick on your part. Alex, one of his sharper picks, even though in hindsight it's probably not that sharp. Uh, Themba Grembo, you and I were both on Pete Rodriguez. Bad call on our part. Just, I mean, this dude is trash. Uh, yeah, we we're trying to hit a big dog against a guy that I still don't believe isn't that good. Yeah, and he's calling for a championship title. He's crazy. Yeah, in 2024, he says he wants to fight for a billionaire. Not a mind. chance. You'll be lucky if you get a ranked fight this year. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of uh, of people like that, but I just don't like him for some reason. He seems fake, and he seems kind of like a just weird dude. I think, like, I'm not a big fan of Leon Edwards, but Leon Edwards murders that dude in a fight. Oh, every yeah. time. Ten out of ten times. Um, I was on Azad initially. I switched to Johnson along with Alex. You were on Azad. That was one of your misses. We were all on McCann. You said in your own words that was one of the only sure things on this card, and you were correct. We were all on the loser that is Gilbert Urbina. I'm going to always fade, you know, like these ultimate fighter fighters. You know, like it, it just seems like that it's an outdated way to get to the UFC. It's the contender series these days. So, uh, yeah, Gilbert Urbina is dead to me. We're all on Silva, obviously. You were the only one that had her by decision, though. Good call on your part. Uh, I believe in uh, Viviani's toughness, man. She's a vet. She's tough, but, I mean, it, it seems like Silva could have gotten her out of there if she just kind of charged forward a little bit more. Um, the rest of the card, you know, we were all – the the Black Wolf, that fight got voided. Um, kind of a bullshit eye poke right off the bat. We're all on Brown. That's the easiest – one of the easiest calls of the card. All on Dober. We all missed that together. Um, he, he really kind of fucked up there. One of my sharper calls was actually doing the over 1.5. 
And you see this over and over again. Whenever there's two fighters that are just like nasty, mean finishers, go with the over, dude. Sometimes they cancel each other out. Remember the the Gaethje Chandler fight? And yeah, the- we yeah we all took fight to go the distance there. It was great odds too. It's just those ones that you just got to kind of look at it. Like both these guys are too fucking tough. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that the same thing was going to happen. I didn't bet it. I just bet Poirier flat out. But I thought the same thing was going to happen. I thought it was going to go the distance from Poirier and Chandler fought. Um, luckily Chandler or yeah Chandler gave up the choke, but. Uh, Imavov also just murdering Roman Delize, who doesn't seem like he's as good as we thought. Um, I can't believe that I actually was considering picking Delize. I'm really glad that I did not. But we got a good card this week coming up, man. We got uh, on Saturday, we've got a fun 14 fight card. I bet you three fights fall off somehow. Uh, it always happens, dude. It feels like such a blessing when we see a card and it actually stays the same. But yeah. there's already a short notice replacements on this card. I mean, this card's already been a little chalky to begin with. Yeah, there's a few on here. Let me plug my computer in so it does not die. Um, but yes, I, I totally agree, dude. It's like, it's a weird card, first of all, because there's a lot of contender series people. There's yeah. a lot of what seem like mismatches, but then we know how some of these mismatches go. Some of these most confident picks that we'll have here as a collective just fall through and then we all feel stupid so what we're gonna try and do here is take our time um you know obviously we're not gonna we're not gonna drag this out but we want to think about our spots carefully here and i will pull this card up we're starting with daniel marcos and arichi lang do you have an opinion on this fight i'll let you start the card off i do um i actually feel kind of strongly about this fight I'd like Avicii Lang. I've liked him since he's coming to the UFC. He's been 50-50, 3-3 in the UFC. But you always know what you're going to get with this guy. He wants to strike. He's got fast hands. uh, But he's always headhunting. He doesn't really mix it up a ton other than some low kicks here and there. He keeps his hands low, which kind of leaves him open to get hit a lot. I mean, this dude be getting hit. I mean, in as much as he gets hit, he does know how to survive. Uh, despite the Sahabi fight where he got knocked out, that was, you know, the only time I saw his chin get cracked. But with him, I got to kind of, as much as I like him, I'd like a guy that's going to go out there and get after it and just get in a firefight. I got to call a spade a spade. He has three UFC wins. Out of those three wins, two of those guys have been cut, and the other guy is two and four. Yeah. So it's hard to side with that when. You know, Richie Lang, we've seen him look good, but the only guys he's looked good against are guys that are no longer in the UFC or have a losing UFC record. When I look at the Daniel Marcos side, he's also a good striker. I do think he has some grappling skills. I think he's getting a lot of hate with that Davy Grant fight. A lot of people are calling that a robbery. Yeah. It was a very close fight. and But I will admit, he didn't look his best in that fight. I mean, he looked really gun-shy, and I think that might have been because Davy Grant's such a dynamic guy. He shows so many different looks, a lot like Marcos does. He's he always mixes it up, throwing kicks. He works, you know, invest in the body. So I think against Davy Grant, he might have been a little gun shy because it's a hard guy to go up against. You know, you don't know what kind of game plan he's coming in there with. I don't think he's going to have that same struggle with Arichi Lang. Arichi Lang, you know what you're getting. This guy is, has no problem getting in a firefight. He'll take your shot to land his and. I don't think this fight hits the mat. It's going to stay on the feet. 
if it does end up on the mat, you got to give Daniel Marcos the advantage. I think he's going to make up for last fight and he's going to leave no doubt in this one. I'm going to give a Richie Lang some credit for the toughness. So I'm going to say Daniel Marcos can be win a decision here. Okay. Yeah. I have a hard time with this one. Cause the line, the line's off to me, this should be much closer, but I think everyone's kind of obsessed. I mean, you look here on topology, you've got 73% um, of these people are actually going with decision for Marcos too. So I think that you're onto something, but yeah, 90% overall are, are picking Marcos. I don't know, man. I, to me, the line is off. I think if you're betting this, you bet something like goes the distance, or if you think that it finishes, you you, you pick a finish. There's no juice on the Marcos line. I think that the knockout for Marcos is like plus 300 or something. It's not a great number uh, on average there. I, I think that there's value in a Ricci line, honestly. Like there really is, I think. If you're if you're like one of these people that wants to throw down like a unit or whatever on a or a quarter unit, half unit, whatever on dogs i think he's one of the better underdogs on this card doesn't mean i'm gonna pick him i'm with you on this i think marcos gets it and and i don't know if it's decision or knockout for the sake of this i'm gonna go marcos decision because he looked so off in his last fight he could have been sick though like we don't really know what exactly happened but um i think marcos is good and if i mean it kind of proves you know the ufc wants this dude to win they love having these undefeated prospects and uh, if it's a close decision, I think Marcos gets the nod probably 10 times out of 10. So, yeah, give me Marcos in a decision, just like you've got there. No uh, no dissent yet, but I'm sure that we'll disagree here at some point. Probably not on this next fight, though. We've got Hyder Emil versus Fernie Garcia. Um, Fernie Garcia, I think he's 1-3 in the UFC, if I'm not mistaken. 0-3, actually. 0-3, okay. Now he's, making the, he's taking this fight on eight days' notice. And he's moving up a weight class. I think he fights in bantamweight normally. Yeah. Fights in bantamweight. He's moving up to featherweight. He's the smaller dude. Not just like size-wise, but also like height-wise. Everything. Everything about this guy is smaller. And it seems like a spot where the UFC said, like, or or maybe he approached the UFC and said, you know, I know I'm fucking up. Give me a chance here. I'll save a fight card if you need somebody to make an appearance, whatever. I'll get in there and just like, you know, don't cut me yet. And... I don't know, man. Who's Fernie Garcia going up against and losing? Journey Newsom, that's a bad loss. Um, Brady Highstand, not a great loss at all. And then uh, Rini Nakamura, not going to lie, not even sure who that dude is. And that was He's uh, from the road to UFC. Okay, so he's not good. No, um, he's pretty good. He's actually, I personally, I thought he was the best one on the show. Really? Okay, he's better than that Indian guy that won it then, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Because he sucked ass. Different weight. Yeah. This this Hyder Emil kid, and you know, coming off the contender series, I think he got a knockout. No, he got a boring decision. But he's a pretty powerful dude. Um eight no. I think that this probably goes the distance as well. Fernie Garcia is a tough kid. Um I, I call him a kid, he's a year younger than me. Cup tough dude. I'm gonna go Hyder Emil here, um, just for no other reason other than just it seems like they want this guy to win. I don't think they really care about Fernie. I think he's in there. I don't I don't have a specific like game plan for him, but I think that if you're gonna bank a bet on this fight, you you bet it goes the distance and you bet that uh Hyder and Mill wins it. What you got? Yeah, uh well you're not wrong about anything you're saying. Um Hyder Emil, he he is powerful. He's a pretty sharp striker. 
he does actually have some grappling skills, but at the end of the day, he does prefer it on the feet. Um, his Dana White contender series fight, that really wasn't anything special. Like looking at him crushing cans leading up to that, I thought he was going to knock this dude out. It was a pretty lackluster decision. It, it kind of seemed like he was just waiting for that big knockout punch that never came. So yeah. he was pretty low volume in that. Uh, just, I mean, he didn't look bad, but he definitely didn't look great. And I was pretty surprised that he even got a contract, to be honest. Um, just the low volume enough, you know, they like to see finishes in that show. So now he's getting his debut. He was originally scheduled to fight Shiley Ann, Nerman Becky. And I thought Nerman Becky would probably, you know, give him a reality check right when he gets into the UFC. Uh, Nerman Becky ends up pulling out. Then Melsic Bagdasarian steps in, and I'm like, even on short notice, I like Bagdasarian here too, the more proven guy, more explosive. And then he pulls out. And now he's getting Fernie Garcia, a guy that is 0-3 in the UFC. I'll give him this. He's durable. His three UFC losses, they did all go the distance. But um, that's about really the only positive thing I can say about him. Uh, His cardio hasn't looked great. I would especially be worried about his cardio on such short notice. It's hard to get behind him here. But one thing I do want to point out, you got a guy that's an 8-0 prospect coming off the contender series, fighting a guy that's 0-3 in the UFC. And the guy that's only 3 0-3 is only plus 155. Like Alex said about the Charles Johnson fight last week, that line just kind of screams red flags. So... I wouldn't be shocked to see Garcia be the apple pie shitter for people that just throw a meal in their parlay. But uh, this is a fight I won't be going anywhere near. So for the sake of a pick, I will say Hyder Emil wins another lackluster decision. Okay. So still no disagreement, man. Hey, did you no, see? We'll get, no, we'll get there. I know we will. Oh, yeah, we will for sure. It's coming. Did you see the Instagram when I pulled it up, by the way, or no? Um, I caught a little peek of like him in the fucking weird looking letterman but now i just see your face okay yeah no i just wanted to make sure because when i um i'm trying to you know get a little bit more on top of the you know slide like i don't want to just have topology up the whole time you know what i mean like i like to keep the keep the 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 visuals there because i know that alex posts these so look let's run a little experiment real quick so you see topology right now right uh, yes. Okay. So when I pull up Zach Palga's Instagram, yep. you see his Instagram pulling up right now, or do you just see Tapology still? No, I see his Instagram. Okay, yep. cool. So it's like the whole window. All right, perfect. Well, then that, that cues us right up for this next fight. This is an, 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 to me, man, this is interesting. I know, you know, people want to shit on both these guys. I think this is a, a, a like a nice match. Um, the matchup here is, is I think, solid for some low-level dudes. Zach Pounga versus Bogdan Guskov. This is yours. You're taking odds. I'm taking evens. Um, what's your thought on the uh, the high chief versus uh, Sarzovich? I don't, I don't even know what the fuck that is, but what do you got? Yeah, so this is, de- this is a good matchup. It's pretty interesting. Um, Bogdan or Bogdan. His debut is super short notice against uh, Volkan Uzdemir, and he was submitted fairly quickly. He looked horrible. Um, Fortunately for him, this opponent is way closer to his level than Uzdemir is. 
Now, Bogdan, he's only fought low-level competition, but he's knocked out just about all of them. So he's doing what he's supposed to do with these lower-level guys. He's finishing them. Uh, when he comes out, this guy's looking to end the fight fast. Uh, Ozdemir definitely exposed a weakness. This guy definitely has some weaknesses in the grappling department, that's for sure. But I look over at Zach Pauga. This guy can't wrestle. He has mediocre striking. The guy's just, he's not good. He got KO'd by Muhammad Usman, who has proven to not be very good. And his only UFC win is against the Beverly Hills Ninja, Jordan Wright. I mean, yeah, bad. this is, this is, I think there's more than one of these, but this is definitely a 1-800-GAMBLER fight. Um, I don't think I'm putting my money anywhere near this, but I will say one of these guys has more finishing ability than the other. I'm going to side with Bogdan to find a knockout in the second round. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yeah, you know, it's interesting what you say about Usman because I agree, but he's 3-0 and in the UFC. You know, like that's more than we can say about these guys. He, he hasn't fucked up. Uh, obviously, the UFC is setting him up, fighting Jake Collier, Zach Ponga, um, and the, but he also fought um, one of the Tafa brothers. I think it was Junior. And, I mean, he, he was getting his ass kicked, but he still won. You know, he, he had the ground time, uh, the control time, rather. He did everything that he needed to do. I think that the guy just finds a way to win, man. I don't think that that um, Muhammad Usman is that bad. I'm going to actually add Muhammad Usman to my fade list because I, I just I don't see it, man. Yeah, no, he's definitely not going to ever be a champion, right? I don't think he'll ever get a rank. Well, maybe he could get a rank because in 205 and heavyweight, the non-ranked guys are, you know, the talent pool is kind of shallow. Right. So, yeah, maybe he, but I, this guy's not. He's not going anywhere far. Yeah, you know, this is an interesting one for me. You said you've got Guskov by what method? I'm going to take him by knockout. We'll say second round. Okay. Yeah. I, I just wonder, I mean, this is a really closely lined fight, and Palunga is actually the favorite here on Tapology. I don't know if that's the case on any books these days, but – um. I get it. Like, I, I kind of understand what's going on here. I don't think Pound goes as bad as people said. Uh, you were just you were just talking about fading these ultimate fighter guys. I was. You're looking at one right now. I know. But, you know, Modestus Bukalkas, not, I mean, he's not bad, right? Um, let's see. Let's look at, let's look at just some of this stuff. Let's talk this out here. He moved over to Elevation Fight Team, which I think is actually a good move for him. Modestus Bukalkas is... 15 and 6, we know that. In the UFC, he's 3 and 4. And he's fought people like Tyson Pedro, who the UFC tries to set up in favorable matches. Chuck Campbell, not sure who that is, not going to lie. And Lee Chadwick. Uh, lost to Khalil Roundtree, that's not a bad loss. Lord Mihal, damn, dude. I mean, this guy's fought some good dudes. So, I don't know. I just think that, that kind of Pongo's getting shit on a little bit. And I'm not a fan of him necessarily, but I think 
I think he's better than people actually like give him credit for. He's 35. He's fighting a 31 year old. That's not a good look. He's the he's the older, smaller guy. Um, but something something to me is just calling like this is not going to go the way that everyone sees it. And with everyone talking about being on Guskov and Guskov, I'm going to just double check on FanDuel here on February 6th on Tuesday while we're recording. If Guskov is still the underdog, and when I looked this talking, this morning, he was plus one ten on DraftKings. Okay, so then that's that that just proves right there that there's something going on. Because when everyone is on one side and that guy's still the underdog, that doesn't add up, right? So I'm going to go Paonga. I'm going to go uh, probably a, a boring, weird decision because Paonga is not really a finisher. But, yeah, give me Paonga. Um, yeah, let's go. Just a, just a weird fight all around. I wouldn't recommend putting any, uh, any hard-earned money on this, though. Absolutely not. Yeah, this is tough, man. Both these guys are pretty bad, I think. And before we, before we move on, can we just acknowledge that Guskov looks like you put Josh Emmett and Anthony Smith's faces together into one? Yeah, yeah I I heard someone say that he looks like when you um, you know, like when you play when you buy the UFC game and you you create a character before you add any like facial features or anything to him. That's <laughs> pretty good. NPC. It's like that's just, he's just bald. No beard. I mean, obviously he's got a little beard there, but yeah, he's a weird looking dude. Uh, I don't like him. I have something something off with him. Now this is a fun fight right here. I think this is very interesting. Fourth fight of the night as of right now. Jeremiah Wells, Henzo Gracie guy, not a fan of that gym versus Max Griffin. Uh, I am a fan of Max Griffin. I kind of like Jeremiah Wells as, as much as I don't like that gym. I'm just gonna keep this short, man. I think that Max Griffin is being overlooked here, dude. He's really fucking good. Jeremiah Wells got dropped by Matthew Semmelsberger. I know a lot of people do. Matthew Semmelsberger hits like a truck, but he's not a good fighter. He's proved that in his last three fights, right? So with Jeremiah Wells coming out here, winning every minute of his last fight and then making a stupid mistake as a black belt or whatever the hell he is, like yep. that's not a good look, man. I, I really think that these Henzo Gracie sh- fighters – Sean Brady, Joe Pfeiffer, um, who's the guy that just got knocked the fuck out by uh, Diego Lopes, too? Oh, uh, Pat Sabatini. Pat Sabatini. These are talented dudes, horrible strikers. The, their striking at this gym has not improved. These guys are bad strikers. And Max Griffin's a well-rounded veteran. Um, I think his takedown defense is pretty solid as far as Max Griffin goes. And I think that he's going to piece up Jeremiah Wells on the feet. And I think that if Matthew Semmelsberger can drop Jeremiah Wells, I think Max Griffin can knock out Jeremiah Wells. So give me a knockout, Max Griffin, round one, round two, something like that. Um, Griffin's going to fade a tiny bit towards the end, not much. But I think that his finishing equity is like up front there. I think he gets a knockout potentially in round one, man. Like I said, I just have very, very little to no confidence in the striking of the – Henzo Gracie guys there, but what do you got in this one? Oh, I, I wouldn't judge Jeremiah Wells too hard on being at Henzo Gracie because I he's just gotten there within the past year or two, I believe. And he's one of the few guys there that actually does have good hands. Uh, he's got finishing ability in his hands. He is a black belt. Despite his last fight, he can finish on the ground. But I'm glad you touched on that last fight. Dude dominated every single minute of that fight. And then he got tired. And then he decides he's going to start being the one pressing the wrestling and he puts his neck out there and gets snatched up. I mean, it was, 
after that, it really made me question his cardio and it really made me question his fight IQ and that, you know, he's still, I do think he's durable. I think he has a lot of ways to win here. The path of least resistance is probably going to be with wrestling, but I don't know if he has the fight IQ to do that. He might want to test himself on the feet with Max Griffin. And I don't think that's a good idea because Max Griffin, he solid striking dude hits hard. He, he has a long reach and he uses it well. Um, in the UFC, he has been very hit or miss at a UFC record being seven and eight, but that's because of the level of competition this guy is fighting. Yeah. And, you know, he's been around for a while. He's very durable. I think it was, uh, 60% of the time, win or lose, his fights go the distance. And he's only been finished twice in his career. And I think that's Jeremiah Wells' only hope is to finish him here. So I'm going to side with the durability of Max Griffin. I think, you know, I think a lot of people are going to look at Max Griffin and just think he's old and, you know, 38 years old. Well, if you got a problem with his age, <clears throat> take a look at Jeremiah Wells. This guy's 37 years old. I'm not willing to pretend he's some young up-and-comer. I think this is one of these ones where the vet checks the relatively new guy. So I'm going to side with the durable veteran. I'm going to side with Max Griffin to win a decision here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, everything as far as the looking table. Right back, it's yeah. looking right at you. Oh, shit. I didn't even see that. That's sick. That's so cool, man. How'd you get all those again? Um, my When my buddy went to fight week last year, when they were doing the meet and greets, uh, you're allowed to get two things signed. So everything he got, he made sure he got me one, too. That's so cool. From every fighter, you can do that? Yeah, every fighter that's uh, taking part in the media day. And I was actually really excited, too, because... Uh, I thought I was going to get an autograph from my favorite female fighter, Joanna Young Jacek. And she was supposed to be at the meet and greet, but a week prior, she got knocked out by Whaley Zing. So she didn't show up. Ah, what a loser. I mean, you got to show, show up. That's cool, man. When do they do fight week? Is that always the case? Uh, it's, like yeah, it's every year, uh, International Fight Week. It's either June. June. No, I think it's the last week of June or second week of July, something like that. And so is there extra that you have to pay to get shit signed? No, it's, um, I believe the majority of it's free to the public, Okay, but there are a few things that you like a few like meet and greets. Like they had one where like a Q and a with Sean Strickland, Valentina Shevchenko, and I forget who the other person was, but there's like basically, you know, three higher names there that uh i think you got to pay to get in there or whatever but you know but it's fight week so there's you know ufc fighters everywhere like joaquin buckley he didn't even have a meet and greet he was just fucking walking around the crowd saying hi to people and signing shit that's cool yeah man i think that's awesome because i got so many things that i want signed like that's oh dude this kid shows up with like fucking 30 gloves that's so sick he got a replica belt that he only has signed by like legends like forrest griffin and matt Saren dean thomas and shit that's cool man yeah I, it's so fun it sounds nerdy to some people out there it's very nerdy but i don't give a fuck i'm into it that's what i'm saying i'm, I'm just like that too yeah i told you about my ninja turtle fucking collection that i'm working on too i know damn well that that's nerdy and if you know i'm not in the dating scene right now but if i was i'm not leading with my ninja turtle collection you know what i mean it's uh it's niche but yeah dude so good stuff okay so we're we're widely in agreements on this card so far the only thing that we have disagreed on is the Palanga-Guskov fight. And one of us is going to look like a genius, and the other one's going to look stupid as shit. 
on that one. And I, I have a feeling I might look really stupid on that pound well, of fight. The fight. last time you said someone's going to look like a genius and someone looks stupid, it was Jung Young Lee and Blake Builder. So I'm, I'm liking my chances here, even though I'm not married to either guy in this fight. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll see what's up. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, man, it's it's getting tough. And with, with some of these, like, lower-level fights, and what I've noticed and what people should pay attention to is where they do good on the card because they set these cards up in a certain way. I do great the first two without fail. I do great the first fight, first two fights of the night, and then just, like, bang out the last three to two fights of the night. The middle of the card, I suck. I don't know if that's the same case for you or for a lot of people, but I fuck up a lot in the middle of the card because these are kind of, you know, the way that they do things, they they want finishes early in the card to get people invested, get people excited in the in the whole night. So they'll usually set up a mismatch on the first fight of the night. It happened kind of last week. I think that um, Pogues should have finished Peterson, and that's what I was thinking. Um, but then, you know, a lot of these fights in the middle, they're, they're, I mean, closer to pickums, you know what I mean? A lot of these things, even though the lines aren't necessarily, you know, reflective of that. So I don't know, I, it, something to pay attention to in the future for you people out there. Number five, though, fifth fight of the night, we got the Brown Bear. I mean, just not a very good fighter here, but he's fighting another not very good fighter. This is the case of a very movable object you know, colliding with a very movable force or whatever the fuck the phrase is. Like, it's not an unstoppable object and, a, and an immovable force or whatever. It's, I mean, these guys are bad, man. Devin Clark versus Marcin Prachnow. Um, This is your fight to lead with. I'm going to step away for just a second, but throw your thoughts out there, dude. Dude, you gave me such a shitty fight to it's lead bad. off with, but I'll do my best here. So, Marcin Prachnio is a dude I never know what to expect from. I mean, this dude came into the UFC and he got knocked out by Sam Alvey. And then he gets knocked out two more times after that. And then his very next fight, he wins a unanimous decision over Khalil Roundtree. In what fucking universe are you getting knocked out by Sam Alvey, but winning a unanimous decision over Khalil Roundtree? I just can't make sense out of it. I never know what to expect with this guy. I look at Devin Clark. What I can say about him is I hope his dad's there because that dude is fucking hilarious. Just screaming. But although he doesn't have many KOs on his record, he does hit hard. Like he's only knocked out one person in the UFC and I couldn't even tell you who it was. But this dude, he throws a lot in every punch. So does Pracnio. If he's going to win, he should probably wrestle. He's got the better strength of schedule. All things are kind of pointing at Devin Clark here. But like I said, with Marcin Pracnio, I never know what to expect. You got knocked out by Sam Alvey, but you won a unanimous decision over Khalil Roundtree. I don't know what the fuck to expect with this guy. So because everything in my mind points to Devin Clark, I'm going to go ahead and take Marcin Pracnio to win a decision over Devin Clark. Yeah, that's nice. And actually, okay, so William Knight was the, and William Knight set roided out freak looking guy i mean this guy uh, he's he's bad though dude but this guy he is bad freak of nature i don't know how you can uh have a physique like that and not be taking any kind of medication you know it's just nuts dude this guy's a freak um god his his last fight in the ufc was so bad against marcin prachnow and prachnow you know to his credit he was just staying on the outside kicking his legs 
making it a boring fight, but that's kind of what you have to do against a freak of nature like that. Now, both these guys have that common opponent, and they both beat William Knight, right? So I see what you're saying, dude. I see what you're saying. You're saying Prochnow, decision. Because everyone's on the side of Devin Clark, and Devin Clark is not a good fighter, man. Like, I mean, he's good. Let me, let me like, not be a dick because he is, uh, obviously, he's gotten to the highest level of combat sports. Um, I don't know. Or maybe not combat sports, but UFC, MMA. I don't know, dude. It just, he, he doesn't seem like he should be this big of a favorite. Um, and I know he's not 190 anymore. He's higher than that now. I think he's like a two-to-one favorite. Yeah, 220 this morning. That doesn't feel right to me, right? Does that feel right to you? It doesn't, but I can I can understand it. But like I said, dude, you don't know what the fuck you get with Pracnio. You get knocked out by Sam Elvey, and then you get knocked out two more times consecutively, and then you win a unanimous decision over Khalil Roundtree. In what fucking universe does this make sense? Well, buddy, we're about to talk about Michael Johnson later and his fucking... Oh, dude, fuck it. We'll get there. We'll get there. So what I think that happened with Khalil Roundtree is it was more like you, you didn't know what Khalil Roundtree you were getting because Khalil Roundtree used to let anxiety get the best of him and he would come out there and not fight well. Now, I mean, he shut. You can tell, man, like I, I kind of have like a knack for this. I think that Khalil Roundtree is autistic or he's got Asperger's or something. And I'm not even trying to make fun of him because people tell me I'm on the spectrum sometimes. Right. You've mentioned that before. I have a good eye for it. Did you say that about Jasmine Juzdevicius? No, because I, I remember thinking she was a little, a uh, little autistic. She's, she's, she might have the tism, but it's just you know, for me, it's just interesting because with someone like Khalil Roundtree, when he figures it out, he's got it figured out. He looked so good against Anthony Smith, and yeah, Anthony Smith is fading, but Anthony Smith still beats people. He just beat uh, Ryan Spann, right? And I think he lost to him, to be honest, but beat him on the books. I think Prochnow is good, but I think Devin Clark has more tools here. Um, I'm, I'm kind of scared that the narrative says that that's the case. He's the younger guy. Uh, he is the shorter guy, but he's got the longer reach. So that's always kind of interesting. I think Devin Clark gets this done, and I think he could find the chin of Prochnow, and I think he might knock him the fuck out, man. I'm going to go round two because I don't know what round. But, yeah, give me Clark knockout, and I think that's a good bet. Um Maybe even take like something like a, a decision, no action on Clark. I've got a few spots like that on this card, but I think Clark gets a finish in this, and I think it's by knockout, and I think it's probably round one, round two. Give me KO round two. It's uh, a logical guy to get a finish against, man. I mean, that the chin on Prackneo is dusty. He walked in the UFC and got knocked out three times in a row. So if he walks in here and gets knocked out, nobody should be surprised. Even though Devin Clark has one knockout in the UFC, this dude hits hard. Yeah. Yeah. He's fighting killers. Like you said, I mean, he's fighting good fighters for the most part. Devin Clark is, and he's been in the UFC for quite a while, man. I think he only had one fight or two fights in the LFA and then just moves right up to, uh, to the UFC RFA. I'm sorry. That was my Asian accent coming in. I thought LFA was RFA. You know what I mean? Um, what is the RFA? Have you heard of this? Um, I don't know to be honest. Okay. But yeah, he moves up in 2016 uh loses to Alex Nicholson and then goes on a two fight uh two fight streak. I mean look, Jan Blockowitz he's fighting. Alexander Rakic. Um Ryan Spann. I mean his losses are, are I think are their quality losses. Ian Kutalaba, not a great loss, but you you get the point. So 
close fight. Uh, there's a lot of good matchups on this card, man. Maybe not the most entertaining, like name value wise, but great in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Now this one, this is one that I want to talk about with you, man. We've got Loma Look Boon Me, someone that they they should make an atom weight class for for girls like her and girls like um, Montserrat Ruiz and stuff like that, right? Like these girls that are very yeah. good and tough and talented, but small. And they either need to make an atom weight class or they need to make a woman's heavyweight class, I think. I think that'd be phenomenal. If they did a woman's heavyweight, you just see two 250-pound women fighting. I think it'd be a good time. It feels gimmicky, though. Well, yeah, it would be gimmicky, but it'd just be so awesome just to see, like, uh, you know, people that weigh the same amount as Francis and Ganu, but they do not have a penis and they're out there slinging leather. Um, these girls, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta maybe change the rules. Like they, they fight five one minute rounds because they're gonna guess quick. But yep. yeah, man, I think that'd be a fun time. But yeah, realistically, man, Bruno Brazil, very technical striker, Loma Lukbumi, solid Muay Thai. She's rounding out her game a little bit more. Um, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. There's this rumor that she left Tiger Muay Thai. Uh, it's known as Bangtown now. I don't know if that's true at all. I just heard it. I was reporting it, right, sharing the information. What I think might have happened is that she went to Canada to train to round out her game a little bit more. Maybe, uh, you know, she got her first submission um, against uh, Elisa Reed, right, Elisa Reed. And maybe she likes that. Maybe she wants to, you know, kind of expand on that. She wants to to, to train with, like, uh, you know, Jillian Robertson types and, and all these things. I don't know if it's the same gym, but I know that she's training out of Canada. So my concern here is that Loma Luke Boonmi, she schooled Denise Gomes. Denise Gomes knocked out Bruno Brazil. You wonder if, you know, the whole adage, like the idea of if you're a boxer, you if you're fighting a boxer, you want to brawl them. If you're fighting a brawler, you want to box them. You want to be technical with a brawler. You wonder if maybe Loma is that technical fighter and she fights other like like brawlers very well and maybe bruna brazil doesn't fight brawlers very well so that's my thing she's going to be five inches taller than than loma luke boomy everyone's on luke boomy luke boomy kind of looks out of shape but i still kind of think i have to side with luke boomy here she's way too far of a favorite i think maybe you just go inside the distance here believe it or not i think these girls are going to be throwing hands and i think someone might get finished here Runa has gotten finished in the UFC by Denise Gomes, who hits much harder than Loma. But, I mean, Loma's mean. Bruna might have the 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 reach and may be able to kind of catch her coming in. So I think that the way to go here is maybe, like, take a flyer on the uh, fight doesn't go the distance. So um, for the sake of this, I'll say Loma Luke Boomy knockout. But I, I don't feel confident in that. And I'll go knockout round three, you know, just because I'm not confident. But what do you got? Well, you're not wrong. I mean, I'm actually really looking forward to this. This is a fucking great matchup. I feel like I'm watching a 1FC Muay Thai fight with the four-ounce gloves because this fight's likely taking place on the feet. I mean, it it feels like Muay Thai versus kickboxing. And you look at Bruna Brazil, she has a more kickboxing-heavy style. She's long. She's rangy. She wants to keep you at the end of her, shri- at the end of her strikes. Um, she's looked really, really good against low-level competition. And shout out to Denise Gomes because now you have to question Bruna Brazil's chin. 
And when she came off the contender series, she probably had the best women's knockout we've ever seen in contender series. But you look at the girl that she did it to, she was like five feet tall. Yeah, She's not good. She even got a second chance on contender series and got her ass whooped again with her mom in the crowd. You know, she's in the UFC up... now, Jared. She's in the UFC. Marnik Mann is, yeah. No, she's not. She That's... she lost both contender series fights. I know. But they still brought her in, dude. Look, I'll show you right now. They uh, must. Be, they got to be bringing her in to get beat up. Yeah, she she's own one in the UFC, man. She fought. Oh, just... rem- oh no, I remember that when she fought fucking. Yeah, they brought definitely brought her. Yeah, they brought her in on short notice for her quick loss. But she still, I mean, went to decision with Knudsen, who's not. I mean, Mar- she, didn't, she didn't win a minute of that fight, dude. I know. But I know, Marnik Mann isn't as bad as you would think, even though she is, like, not UFC caliber. She's too small. She, this is why they should have an atom weight division. If there's right. an atom weight, maybe there's a there's a path for her, but she's just too small, man. Yeah, she's five feet tall. And Loma Lukbumi is only an inch taller. Right. That's my thing. But, but, but yeah, what I was saying, Bruna Brazil, she's looked fucking great against low-level competition i mean it's kind of it's a clash of muay thai and kickboxing she wants to keep you at the end she wants to fight you at a distance keep it technical loma look boomy she's a very pressure heavy muay thai style she's big on returns as soon as you hit her she wants to get that hit right back she's high volume she's putting out almost double the strikes that she's absorbing and the only two losses she has in the ufc is against angela hill and lupi gudinia's Two girls that we know are very good fighters. She's she has split her camp up. She's been in Canada. I can't help but imagine it's just to work on her grappling more. She has such good Muay Thai. You would think this fight takes place on the feet a lot of the time, but I wouldn't be shocked to see Loma look boomy go for a takedown here because it, it's probably gonna be there. And if she can, you know, get in a tie clinch, get her against the fence, if she gets her to the ground, it, it might just be a wrap. I mean yeah, I, I like to see people improving their games, going out, learning new shit. So I'm going to side with Loma Lukbumi. I'm not convinced she gets a finish here because she's really not a finisher. But I'm taking Muay Thai over kickboxing. I, I'm going to side with Loma all day here. I'm going to say she wins a dominant decision. Maybe might be a little chalky early. Maybe the line comes down a little bit because it's pretty fucking wide right now. But I got I, I got a side with Loma here. She's She's just, in my opinion, the more proven fighter. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Like, she just looks, she looks fat. You know, she. You know looks- what? I, here's what I'll say: with Muay Thai people, their fucking torsos are very deceiving. Like, you, you see someone that looks soft to the body, and they're fucking not. Like, look at uh, Rod Tang or fucking Super. Like, neither of these guys even have a fucking ab. But they fucking eat the craziest body shots you'll ever see. There's something about these Thai people where they have soft bodies, but it's deceiving. She's just beating the shit out of this dude right now. <laughs> I know. Kind of funny, like throwing him out of the ring, and like <laughs> elbowing him to the chest and slamming him around and shit. Um, I she's cool, man. I really do like her. She seems like fun. Um, I want her to want her to win and stuff like that. I'm not a fan of Brazil. It's a dope shirt that she's wearing too. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I have a weird feeling about this one. That's my only thing. Also the leg kicks, uh, the defense of Bruno Brazil with the leg kicks is not there. So 
that'll be something to uh, to pay attention to. She might slow down the the rangier striker. Loma's definitely the meaner girl, even though uh, Bruno Brazil tries to act like she's the mean one. And um, Brazil's also, it seems like she's like got a backup plan. She streams video games. I don't know if you knew that. I did uh, not. Yeah, so it's a newer thing that I found out as well. So it might be something, you know, Loma is not doing that shit. She is focusing on fighting, and that's what she does. Um, she's the younger girl, right? Even though she looks like a little boy, she's the younger woman. So it's just, you know, it's one of those things where everything points to Loma to where it's deceivingly like, why isn't this like minus 400 for Loma? That's what that's that's why I'm confused. So I guess, you know, maybe that's why we should jump on it even harder. But I got Loma uh, KO round three. What did you say you went with? I'm sorry. Loma. Um, I took her to win a decision here. Although I think she could finish Brazil. I, th- I think she'll last. I think she'll make it the distance. She'll get another UFC fight for sure. Okay. Now, um, I didn't mean to do this to you. I didn't realize that all the a lot of these odd fights are super fucking cut and dry. If you want, I can take this one. I think this is a no brainer, and then we can you you can go to evens. It's up to you. No, no, I don't care. We'll roll with it. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna have much to offer on this one, but you can go with it. Yeah, stupid. I mean, this seems like a mismatch and a half. And another it's weird man. Yeah, this uh, you know, contender series dude Balaji Oki versus Demir Hadzovich, which hasn't fought in almost two years, and he lost to Mark DeCasey. Not a horrible loss, but I mean, who the fuck is this guy that he beat two and a half? Yancy Medeiros. Have you heard of Yancy Medeiros? Yeah, dude. Can you believe he's in the fucking not the new one, but the UFC four video game? Can you believe he's in that? I should be in that game if he is. So is James Vick. <laughs> okay. I was fucking fucking around on there the other day. I couldn't believe some of the fighters that are in this game. He's got a loss to Hinato Moicano. That's a good look, but I mean, it's just not going to be the same. Um, Demir Hadzvik versus Balaji Oki. Um, I know where you're going here, but what's the method? What's the, uh, what's the game plan? All I'm going to say, it's another Dana White contender series hype train. And... You know, from the small amount of fights I've watched of him, which was his contender series fight, he does, you know, he hits hard. He mixes up the striking well. He's not just head hunting. He invests in the body, too. I like it. And then you got a guy who hasn't fought in a year and a half. He's got nine UFC fights. He's like four and five in the UFC. So I guess the only thing you can give him is experience. I mean, he has more UFC fights or the same amount of UFC fights as this dude has pro fights. It seems pretty cut and dry. It seems very clear where the UFC is going with this. Oh, with the old and with the new. Probably not much to look at here. So fucking okay. We'll take okay. KO. Round one. Nothing to add. I have the same method. I already wrote it down and everything. KO round one. Um, But, you know, it is a fist fight. So, you know, don't drop the balance on this. It's a weird fucking matchup, but. At the same time, you know, how many Bosnian fighters are in the UFC? I can't imagine it's a big market for the UFC, so they probably don't give a shit about this dude. Um, they're feeding him to the Wolves here, I think, against the Belgium, who gets, like, support out of Germany. The Belgium, but that picture, he's holding up a, a Nigerian flag. Yeah, a little weird. I mean, he doesn't yeah. look like he's a, a Belgian. <laughs> I would I would guess Nigeria over Belgium for <laughs> sure. But, yeah, yeah, if you're like, what country is this guy from? And you got, like, multiple choice you got that flag and and the belgian flag you're you're everyone's picking nigeria um now this is a fun fight too man 
And I'll actually let you start with this one, I think, because I have my idea on this, but I want to see if I'm crazy. Um, We've got Trevin Giles, police officer in Texas. He quit that job to go full-time, and it has not proven to be very fruitful for him. It's kind of a shame because he seems like a decent guy. Um, Texas police officer, I think, before he he, uh, joined the UFC. And he's fighting another contender series, dude. Carlos Prates, who, although he's looked great, this guy's fought in shit competition, man. Shit competition. So I'm curious what you think, where are you going? He's a 1FC guy. I know you're familiar with him probably more than I am, but where are you at here? Oh, I feel like we're going to be on the same page with this one, and this is one that I really thought we weren't going to be. You look at Carlos, he had a huge knockout on the Contender Series. He looked good. I mean, I've watched him fight in one championship. He's a fast, hard-hitting southpaw. Um, the strength of schedule isn't good because in one FC, they kind of tend to give a little more mismatches and some other, you know, that's kind of, they don't have the same roster depth. So there is more mismatches. He got some easy fights in one championship. He had two easy fights and then he had one that was a little more his level and he didn't look good, but the striking's great. I haven't seen much wrestling from him. I do need to watch some more tape on this guy. You know, it's only Tuesday, but I'm not completely sold on him. I look at Trevin Giles. If he wants to win this fight, he's got to wrestle for sure. Because that chin, it's suspect. He's not great anywhere, but he's not particularly bad anywhere. He has the experience. Of course, the strength of schedule is not even fucking close. And his five pro losses all came in the UFC. And the names of the five guys that he lost to in the UFC, Gabriel Bonfim, Michael Morales, Dreykus Duplessis, Gerald Mearshart, and Zach Cummings. Before you shit on Zach Cummings, at the time he was seven and three in the UFC and looking pretty damn good. So those five, his five pro losses are against top level guys. I'm not sold that this dude is one of those top level guys. I wouldn't put his name in the same category as the five that I just said. Another random fact, Trevin Giles has a win over Ryan Spann. Just a random fact to throw out there. But the lead's path to victory here. Delete? No, I didn't even. I didn't even know that. You sure? Uh, Trevin Giles beat Roman Delize with a jab, basically. Uh, no shit. Uh, where is it? Yep, right here. No shit. I gotta rewatch that. Yeah, man. So sorry to interrupt you, but I totally agree with what you're saying. I'm just trying to find something while you're talking here. Oh yeah, you're good. But yeah, strength of schedule, man. It's not even close. You know, Trevin Giles, like I said, he's not great anywhere, but he's not particularly bad in any department. He's got the experience. He's got the strength of schedule. The five times he's lost, they were against top level guys. Now, mind you, every time he gets, every time he loses a fight, it's him getting finished. So I'm actually going to side with Trevin Giles here to wrestle his way to a decision. And Trevin Giles better wrestle or he's getting knocked out. So if you want a double method, maybe look at Carlos by KO and Giles by decision. But I'm going to side with Trevenier to win a decision. It might get hairy, man. He might be getting tagged up in the first round, but I think he can pull it together. He's a vet. He's got the experience. You know, you don't get 12 UFC fights by mistake. He's here, you know, because they see something in him. Right. He's not the best, but he's not fucking, he ain't the worst. Dude. Okay. 
Let me it see. is Mitch Ramirez guy. He actually ain't bad. I just want to throw that out here. That's e- easily the best one of his career. Yeah, for sure. God damn it. These fucking pop-ups, man. Dude, uh, tapo- I swear, Tapology started doing that shit within like the past year. Okay, so I thought that uh, I, I I thought that maybe I almost had to back up the truck on Prates because there was a there was a fight, there was an, a, a Dana White contender series fight. It was one of the last episodes of this year, and I forget who the guy was, and I I want to find him because um, I was just having horrible luck betting Dana White contender series. I didn't do the research that I should have been doing. And I was just kind of throwing a little bit of like funny money around, like whatever. And um, at a certain point, I was like, man, there's not much left in this season. It might have been the last episode. And I bet like 30 bucks on a round one knockout by the underdog. And that 30 bucks won me $600, dude. Like that was wow. a huge bet for me. Huge bet. Like the biggest single bet that I've ever made uh, and and hit. I've put more money down and like one less, but just like the odds on that. Right. Yeah. That's fucking crazy, dude. It, it felt so good. I sent my dad a picture and shit. It's like, look at this shit. And I thought it might've been protest, but it obviously wasn't because he was favored to beat Ramirez. And I'm so for that, like I was going to switch if I'm like, Oh yeah, this dude got me money. I, I, Yo, I actually, if you want to find it, I think the last contender series card was Brad Tavares. Well, no, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure if he was the main eventer. He actually might have been the main. It could be Brad Tavares. He said it was the last contender series card. Yeah, it couldn't have been Brad Tavares because Brad Tavares has been in the UFC forever. I mean, not Brad Tavares. Um, I'm fucking uh, Tavares, the fucking kid that fought like a couple weeks ago. Not Brad Tavares, but the la- kid's name's Tavares. Remember, he fought the uh, city in Canada. Okay. No, I might. Oh, R- Ramon Tavares. That was the last contender series card this year. Oh, man. I'm going to have to look at this. Ramon Tavares. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Maybe. I'm not sure if he was the main event or not, but I know he was the last contender series card. Oh, wrong card. I know. Um. Yeah, this might have been it, man. Yep, week 10 is the last one of the year. That's it. Yeah. I bet 30 bucks. It was just like the last 30 that I was like, I'm not doing this anymore if this guy fucking loses. And I just threw shit at the wall. Round one knockout. And this underdog dude, if he was the underdog, let's double check if he was the underdog here. He was. No, he would. Remember I told you I was playing a poker tournament at Mohegan Sun and I fucking got up from the table to fucking go bet this kid because he was getting a second chance on contender. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was it. So, yeah, dude, shout out Ramon Tavares, man. You made me the most money off any single bet. And you didn't even take him against City. Unbelievable. Uh, I don't know if I did. You didn't. You took City. Maybe I did, man. I don't know. Yeah, I feel horrible. Remember that Canadian card we were going over? We were fucking thinking about the Canadian sweep last time we were there and fucking all the Canadian men lost. Okay. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's just it's it's wild that uh, that that is the okay. So now I know. So thank you for telling me. So yeah, definitely gonna be on Ramon Tavares from now on. I mean, like this guy just. I mean, he's cash bets for me. He cashed me the most money out of any fighter, realistically, um, other than maybe Dustin Poirier. But I've bet him many more times. 
So, yeah, long story short, man, I'm on Trevin Giles as well. We got a little sidetrack there. Um, but it is fun to, like, follow these certain fighters. And I'll never bet against Jamal Hill. I'll never bet against Jeff Neal, who I hope that he knocks the fuck out of Ian Gary, uh, you know, when they fight. Um, Jeff Neal's a beast, dude. Jamal Hill's a beast. Like, uh, everyone was talking shit about Jamal Hill when he was going to face Glover. And I was like, no, dude, I, I put, like, 200 bucks on this dude. I was very confident. Like I, when I like my fighters, I, I throw down on them. And um, I thought Carlos Protez might've been one of those guys, but he's not. I, I'm going Trevin Giles. I don't know if he gets a finish here. You said Giles by what method? I'm taking him to wrestle his way to a decision. Okay. It makes sense. Cause Protez, I mean, both these guys kind of tend to gas. Um, I think a finish happens. I think a finish happens in some capacity. I think Giles might get a round two, round three knockout. I'm going to go round two knockout for Giles. Maybe round three. Uh, I think for the odds, I mean, the the bet here is round two, round three knockout Giles. Um, He's got good BJJ too, but um, I think that he's going to try and use that jab. And uh, a decision's a nice call, by the way, but I'm just going to go just to spice it up a little bit. Round, Round two, round three knockout. For the sake of this round three, hammer it, man. I think a lot of people are going to be on Prontes, and I think that's the wrong side. It's Dude, we see it every week. I mean, with so many contender series guys on this card, it's going to happen, but we always talk about it. These contender series guys always come in as favorites, and a lot of the time they're overrated favorites, and they get checked right and they come in the door. Who better to get checked by than a UFC vet? Yeah, and a solid fighter, kind of an overlooked fighter at this point. Yeah. Now, we still, you know, it seems like we're almost done. We're barely halfway through. So we will go on to Hadolfo Vieira versus Armin Petrosian. This is grappler versus striker and a half. So what do you got in this, man? You just nailed it. You got the clash of two styles. You got BJJ versus kickboxing. And um, I know you and I kind of share a similar opinion about jiu-jitsu guys. You know, the one-dimensional jiu-jitsu guys. It's just not practical. I mean... Maybe if he had, if Vieira had good wrestling to back up his jujitsu, I'd be more inclined to take him here. But his takedown accuracy is 26%. Right. His takedown accuracy is shit. Petrosian, his takedown defense is shit. Uh, it's BJJ versus kickboxer. Both of these guys are good at what the other guy lacks in. So, what do you value more, grappling or striking? If you take grappling, just be aware that he might have a hard time getting takedowns as long as this fight's on the feet petrosian should be piecing him up and i hate to use that cliche but every round starts on the feet i think this got petrosian written all over it he's gonna have to duck he might end up on his back here and there but i think he can avoid the mat and he can win a decision so we'll go petrosian decision yeah one thing so armin petrosian he gets taken down a lot but he gets up a lot now when he right. gets up does he give his back? I don't know. I'm going to have to watch um, some of his fights because he gets up. He'll be taken down, you know, this is a hyperbolic statement, but he'll be taken down 10 times in a fight and he'll get up 10 times. That's why he's eight and two. He's got a pretty good record fighting some solid competition. Um, these Armenian fighters are pretty good. Not as good as Brazilian fighters, by the way, but they're, they are, they are good. But yeah, man, does Petrosian give his back? When he stands up, even for a second, 
because Hadolfo Vieira will snatch a neck if you give it if you give it for a second. The black belt hunter, one of the the nastiest dudes when it comes to to like well rounded BJJ in the UFC right now. He's a freak athlete. He's thirty four, but Armin is thirty three. There's nothing crazy going on here. Uh, very closely lined fight for a reason. It's 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 interesting that that you say that we tend to agree on the BJJ versus the uh, you know striker stuff because I do think that like the one dimensional BJJ guys suck. I don't think that Hadolfo is a one dimensional BJJ guy. I think that he can strike fairly well. Um, the gap on the ground is so wide compared to the gap on the feet. So for that reason, I'm going to take Vieira. Um, I think that I think it probably goes goes the distance. Um, because Petrosian is able to, uh, you know, fend these things off. But a submission's live here, man. So um, for that reason, I'm going to do a sub round two, round three. They can't be too slippery. You know, like if if Vieira can get them down to the ground in round one early, I think that could be a wrap right then and dry. But, uh, you know, Petrosian's going to try and stand up, and he's going to wiggle around, and he's going to get out of those, uh, you know, first takedown, second takedown, third takedown. But yeah, Vieira, um, interesting character, man. He doesn't like getting hit. He's admitted to that. He doesn't like violence. Like he he hates MMA. He said, so which is crazy when you fight for a living. Well, I mean, it just kind of means that that he doesn't want to do other bullshit. You know, I I mean, I I if I was good like him, I'd rather fight than go and work a nine to five at a grocery store or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Oh, all day. Nothing against grocery store workers. You know, I used to do that shit, but. It sucks, you know? So, yeah, man, uh, we're on opposite sides here. But uh, this is a fun fight, too, man. Uh, again, kind of lower-level stuff throughout the card, but solid fucking fights, man. Um, This is a fun fight, for sure. All right, I thought you were talking, to, I thought you were talking about Michael Johnson when you said lower-level. I had to sit back for a second, like, hold on. Uh, well, I mean, he's interesting. I don't know if he's low level. I mean, it depends what, what day you're catching him on. He's low level when he is, um, losing to Nate Diaz and, and, you know, some fighters like this. And then, you know, everyone loves Nate Diaz, but he's very high level when he's knocking out Dustin Poirier and Tony Ferguson back in his prime. I mean, this guy, anytime you think he's going to win, he loses. And anytime you think he's going to lose, he wins. So, I think that these the books always get this guy wrong. I think he's coming in as a favorite here. I mean, double yep, slight favorite. So I think, in my opinion, that means he loses. And for the record, um, Alex, who was not able to make this show tonight, he was adamant about making sure that people take Darius Flowers. I agree with him, man. Darius is going to come out here. He's going to he's going to fucking throw bombs. I mean, he's he's changing. Excuse me, this beer is making me burp. He is changing weight classes. Um, he's a welterweight. I think he actually fought at middleweight before as well. But he's dropping down to lightweight. He's fighting a dude that's a, a... I mean, this is a veteran's veteran right here. I think Michael Johnson might be done if he loses this. I think he should probably quit if he loses this. Um, Diego Ferreira just knocked him the fuck out. I mean, that was a na- scary knockout. And that was he gave him the exact Josh Emmett treatment that Josh Emmett gave him. Same treatment Josh Emmett gave Bryce Mitchell. Right. The exact same punch. Yeah. It was a nasty, what was it, an overhand right? Yep. Yeah. It literally says it right there. Um, 
getting not uh, getting getting a loss to Jamie Malarkey that doesn't look very good either because I think that Jamie Malarkey is wildly overrated even though he's not rated that highly. Clay Guida, Tiago Moises, Stevie Ray, Josh Emmett, these are some losses. Now he's beating people like Andre Feely, Artem Lebov. Yeah, the goat. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Not a good win, but still a win. This is what gets me, man. If you're beating Dustin Poirier in 2016 by knockout in round one, that's nuts, dude. He went toe-to-toe with Justin Gaethje. That's a fucking, like, all-time great fight. That fight should be in the Hall of Fame, man. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, absolutely. Incredible fight. So I will I will go out on a, on a, on a wild little limb here, and I'll say that, that Michael Johnson is kind of low-level when he's supposed to be high-level. I think that uh, I think Flowers fucking knocks him out in round one, man. I think he catches him the same way that Ferreira did. Well, I'm going to disagree with you here. Have you ever heard Yoel Romero's post-fight interview where he said, no for gay? No. I say something for guys like Michael Johnson. We know for gay. We know for gay that he knocked Dustin Poirier the fuck out. There's certain things you know for gay. And these guys have been in the UFC a long time. We know for gay. So, Michael Johnson, I have to throw it out there. This guy is the definition of unreliable. Yep. He has good boxing. He has good takedown defense. He's a fucking UFC veteran. That chin might be fucking gone. That's the big concern with him. Skill for skill, if we're just looking at their skills, this has Michael Johnson written all over it. I think he's just catching a lot of hate because that chin's fucking gone and He's a dude that has almost as many losses as he does wins, which is people that typically I would never bet on. But when we have a Nofa Gay situation, I got to side with him. Darius Flowers, this dude's debut was a short notice, one-sided ass beating against Jake Matthews. It was a weight class up. It was short notice. He came out fucking hot and got tired quick and ultimately lost the fight, got finished. But now he's fighting at it the right weight. He should be fighting here at 155. This dude comes out hot. He's looking for the knockout, and he's looking for it quick. When you're throwing everything into every punch and you don't have that much high-level experience, you're going to gas yourself out quick. On the ground, this dude's BJJ is very weak, and I think this dude's chinny, too. Before he got submitted, he got his shit rocked by Jake Matthews. And... You know, Michael Johnson, as much as we've seen this dude not look good, as many fights as we've seen him lose, it's no for gay. I'm signing with Michael Johnson here. And I think after he weathers the storm in the first round, he's going to find a finish against Flowers. I'm going to say round two, Michael Johnson finds himself a knockout. He's going to get back in the win column. I feel like the UFC is doing him a solid here. They're giving him a guy that's 12-6. and six. He's 0-1 in the UFC. There's no fucking way I'm taking flowers here. I think you guys are crazy. Maybe I'm crazy if you take a Michael Johnson who's 21 and 19, but I'd rather be on the Nofa Gay side than I would be on the 0-1 in the UFC side. So Michael Johnson by knockout, we'll call it round two, but I am absolutely betting Michael Johnson on the money line here. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, there's there's so many things that add up for flowers, right? And, and this is why, you know, myself and, and Alex are on this dude. Um, first of all, he was heavily, like, under, he was an underdog when he went in and fought uh, this Amarion Gogoladze, right, in, at the Contender Series. And I remember that because I, I bet on Flowers. 
And I think he was like a two to one, maybe three to one underdog. And this dude just goes in there and slams this motherfucker. He's a very physical guy. He he does rely, like you say, he relies on that anger and just like that charge forward. And let's just get this out of here in round one. But he does have round three finishes. He's got decision wins. He's got round two wins. He's got round one wins. So, yeah, it's at lower levels. But Michael Johnson, man, I mean, he looked old in his last performance. He's 37 fighting a 29-year-old. When there's a 10-year age gap in these guys, and I know that this is an eight-year age gap, almost, you know, very, very close to exactly eight years, three months difference. When there's a 10-year age gap, the the win percentage for the younger guy is like 70% or some crazy shit like that. I get it. I'm, you know, when I sit here and I say that, you know, Michael Johnson's low level, it's, it's obviously it's tongue in cheek because he's beaten, he's beaten my favorite fighter. Dustin Poirier is my favorite fighter right now. Um, but I think that that's kind of like the outlier. I don't think that's his norm. I think when he goes out there, he fights to the level of his competition. He's going to know that this guy's dangerous. And I think that he probably does get out of round one, but in round two, he's going to take his foot off the gas and he's going to get knocked out in round two. I put the round one knockout, um, but yeah, man, I, even in this damn picture, like this is the picture you chose for topology, man. You look old. He looks old in this, man. So I don't know. It's going to be an interesting fight. Um, it's one of the ones that I'm actually more excited for. I like Darius Flowers. He seems like a cool dude, too. So we'll see. This one, man, this is a fun fight. This is probably the funnest fight that you've gotten to start with because for some reason the odd fights are just whack. Brad Tavares. Versus RoboCop. RoboCop. What do you got here, man? Yeah, I, fight. I like it, dude. I, I like the matchup here for Obama. Yeah. Uh, Brad Brad Tavares. 43rd you know, president of the Dude, United seriously. States. I mean, it's 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 uncanny. It's crazy. <laughs> but Brad Tavares, he's not a finisher. Um, and I hate to say it for a dude that's been in the UFC for so long. Like, he's kind of a boring fighter. And, yeah. I mean, even his last fight against Chris Weidman. You know, he won the fight. He, of course, had the volume, but you're getting walked down by a one-legged wideman. It's just, it really wasn't a good look. And his wins and losses, I don't think I've actually seen him look good since, like, two, 2018 when he knocked out Jocko. That, I swear that was the last time I saw this dude actually look good, even in his wins. I just, they've all felt very underwhelming. I think he's a little chinny, and I just haven't seen him look good in a long, long time. He's 36. It feels like a guy, he's still in the UFC, so of course you have to give him his credit. But it just seems like a guy who's moved out of his prime. On the other side, we got President Barack Obama. This dude, not only was he the president of the United States, he's a finisher. He can finish with his hands. He can finish it on the ground. And, you know, he's good. He's well-rounded. What's ha- The Obama. issue with him, he, I'm sorry, what was that? Mr. Obama can take a fucking punch too. Bro, Obama can get cracked. And oh, I'm actually I got to bring something up about Obama after this. <laughs> so my thing with Rodriguez, dude, he can he's good. I just hate when he lands a big shot because he lands that big shot and he fucking chases the finish. He leaves himself open and he gets a crack sometimes. I mean, there's the fact we've seen him get folded and knocked out the chin, you have to kind of take it into account a little bit. You don't know where his chin's quite at. I'm not worried about his chin against Brad Tavares, a guy that is, in my opinion, just not a finisher. Uh, Gregory Rodriguez, he's tough, high volume. This dude gets hit a lot. 
because he doesn't take many backward steps. I think we got a guy trying to finish the fight against a guy who's just trying to fight not to lose. I'm going to side with President Barack Obama to win by decision. And before before I get to you, I watched that movie, the um, the one the Obamas produced. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think, dude? That movie fucking sucked. You didn't like it? No, I was I fucking the ending pissed me off so bad. Why? I, I dude, fucking I I got no closure. It was I felt like things were just starting to get eventful, and then. Like the only cool scene of that movie was all the Teslas smashing into each yeah, other. Yeah. That, that was pretty sick. There's the boat thing too. But so the the point of that movie though, yeah, it's a suspenseful movie. It's based off a book. And what's interesting about that movie is that, I mean, realistically, I think that that's how shit would go, right? I think it's very realistic. It's not, you're not getting an answer in a situation like that where it comes to like some apocalyptic shit. It, okay, you know, well, how about when they're in the fucking woods surrounded by fucking deer and shit like why why that's going on i couldn't get my i'm i'm sitting there like what is happening right now like all the fucking deer running around them and shit i'm like what what am i watching well so like with when when frequencies start going all crazy like that right when you start getting like um you know because and and we actually talked about this in my own you know sideshow my my main show rather where you know anytime that these animals they're they're you know birds know to fly south for the winter they right. know to do all these things deer know to migrate and all these things and they've built up this tolerance to these constant frequencies that man is putting out there the cell phone towers the radio signals all these things and almost like how a bat has like sonar they've a, the these animals have adapted that's why the flamingos end up flying into this dude's pool and shit like that like the animals don't know what to do when the frequencies have been shut off and then there's these new frequencies that Havana syndrome sound and all that shit. And dude, to me, man, I just think it's spot on. I don't know if you caught, there's like a QR code that pops up in the movie and shit. Like if you scan that, it goes to like one of the most haunted places in America, Indian burial ground, wild shit. There's a fair chance that I was just like too stupid to grasp what they were trying to tell me. But like, I just was baffled. I was so fucking confused the whole time. Like, what? what is this? Like, when the fucking dude and his daughter, like, show up knocking at the door, like, this is our house. Can we stay here? I'm like, bro, what? Like, I was like, okay, so now is this guy going to try to kill them? Is this not really their house? Like, what? where is this going? And like, oh, no, it is their house. And now yeah. it, it was just weird. It was just fucking weird. I'll tell you, one thing that tripped me out, though, was the um, the noise. Remember they have that chapter, the noise. Yeah. And you see everyone holding their shit. I was like, that's something I could actually get my head around. Like everyone just fucking like, oh shit. Well, that's a real thing. There, if if you look up Havana syndrome, this is an actual thing that happened in Cuba. Kamala Harris was affected by it, our fucking supposed vice president right now. She got um they were in Cuba and people in the plane, um, they heard this noise and they start some of them started throwing up, some people's teeth fell out you know people like were losing their fucking minds politicians and like you know delegates and shit like that and uh it was real low level news because they didn't want to put that out but they were in cuba and they call it havana syndrome and it's a frequency because frequency there's a frequency for everything there's a frequency that can give you cancer and a frequency that can heal cancer same thing there's a frequency that can make you shit your pants frequency that'll that'll a cure for every disease 
and a and a a, a way to to cause a disease is all in sound, and um you know it goes real deep you know too deep for a for an MMA show but it's yeah sounds a bit fucked very interesting man and that's why our our music system changed over the years man we used to go off a different tuning scale and now we move to a very harmful tuning scale used to be healing and now it's it's harmful so you wonder why cancer's gone up so much and i was actually watching something today where the uh the the average age of a man getting colon cancer was 50 just five years ago and now it's 45 so you wonder why that's happening it's because you know weird shit like this with phones computers all this shit so but yeah shout out to gregory rodriguez for putting out a movie i couldn't understand yeah man it was good it's it's funny that you didn't like it it'd be fun to to watch that shit you know with you and uh, obviously we can't really do that but it'd be fun to watch and i can i will say when the when the kid was pulling his teeth out i was watching with my girl i was like he's gonna wake up it's a bad dream he's gonna wake up and next thing i know they're like in the car like going to help this kid for his fucking teeth falling i'm like oh all right i guess it's not a dream never yeah. mind yeah he went to go get iodine pills because he was radiation poison wild shit man yeah it's funny it's a it's a wild movie some people really like it and a, a lot of people like it but some people just hated it so yeah uh, it was it was a trip for sure but the ending was what fucking killed me i like the ending because these rich ass people fucking built themselves a doomsday bunker and yeah they- that shit was yeah. sick like, i thought they were gonna fucking start a life down there it was fucking no she just put on her favorite show and yeah when the credits rolled i was just like no i need fucking i need something else yeah to be closure damn it it's meant to be open for interpretation of what happens <sighs> clearly the mainland united states was getting fucking destroyed so yes interesting stuff there but um so you took robocop you got him by uh decision you said yeah Brad Tavares, not a finisher, but he's also a tough guy to finish. So, yeah. good decision. Yeah, I think we could see some kind of TKO, um, and I think it's going to come late. I'll go KO round two. Um, I think RoboCop uses some jujitsu. I don't think he, uh, has Tavares ever been submitted before in his life. No, no, he is not. That might be an interesting look too. That's going to be some wild odds. And Gregory Rodriguez does have that high level jujitsu. I think he's a black belt. So. Um, very, very talented dude all around and just a, a more dangerous fighter. So moving on up, Ewar Pateria, who I feel so bad for on his last fight, man. I'm kind of sick of hearing about Ukraine and Ukrainians, but um, I feel bad for this dude for his last fight. I think he finished Hidalfo Bellato four times in that last fight. I bet on him. I thought that he should have gotten the TKO in round one and round two three times and then um you know as soon as uh Bilotto starts beating on him they call the fight kind of bullshit Bilotto even admitted that he was knocked out and uh just kind of kept fighting through it because of his training not a fan of Bilotto I think he's overrated I think Patera is underrated but with that said I think he loses this fight as well and I think that they might be trying to get him out I think that they might be kind of mad at him for how he reacted when he knocked out Shogun I mean that was kind of disrespectful um they're setting him up against robert breishek and uh this is a polish powerhouse here man this dude comes in and he wants to knock you out and i think that's what he does to poteria i think a safe bet in this fight fight ends by knockout i think that you can bet very very heavily on that um always bet responsibly but 
This Polish motherfucker likes to finish his fights by knockout. 11 knockout wins. Most of them in the first round. Nine coming by the first round. My thing is that Pateria is going to be a little bit too aware in the first round. I think it might happen in round one, maybe round two. I think round two is more likely. But give me Robert Brisic, whatever the fuck his last name is. What's his nickname? Is his nickname easier to pronounce? I believe it's Brycheck is how you pronounce the last name. Okay, Brycheck. Give me Brycheck knockout round one or two. I think that's the bet. But for the sake of this knockout round one, Brycheck. What do you got, dude? Yeah, this is a fight that the first thing I have in my notes is what the fuck was that Bellotto fight? Like, he had him out of there. And when we went over this, if Bellotto was fucking, I mean, I, I thought so much more high of him prior to that fight. Like, he was, not that I thought he was some world beater, but he was like my big, to him to win a finish that night, he was my biggest bet of the night. And he got knocked out by Eeyore. Bad. And that ref, it was very clear that, I mean, that ref should be fucking investigated. I mean, it's fucking crazy. And this, you know, the second Eeyore starts facing any adversity, he just jumps in and stops the fight. Yeah. It was just super, super weird. But I'm just going to, even pretending that fight never happened, Eeyore has one win in the UFC. It was against a 41-year-old washed Shogun. The only thing I can give him is he got power. He had bad cardio. He's on short notice here, so he I wouldn't bank that cardio has gotten any better. I think that Eeyore is kind of the definition of round one or bust. He comes out hot. You know, like you said, he's going to be the most aware in round one. Uh, Brycheck, I haven't gotten a chance to do much tape on him yet. I just know he's a crusher from the promotion Octagon, like a can crusher from Octagon. He's a 33-year-old guy making his debut, so it's kind of now or never. I mean... He wants an early knockout. He's going to go for it. His strength of schedule, of course, has been fucking weak. It's um, it's a weird fight. It's a pretty unpredictable fight. It seems like one of these ones, if you're betting, you might as well just bet on the underdog or, like you said, bet KO as an exact method of victory because one thing is for sure in this fight, somebody's dying. I don't trust Eeyore at all. Just based from, you know, his four UFC fights, you can't trust this guy. Yeah. So... Without doing much tape or research, I'm going to take Brycheck to win by knockout. Eeyore is super dangerous in round one, and I think that kind of falls off after that. So I'm going to take Brycheck to win by knockout round two. I like it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm i sure that the knockout ends by knockout or uh, odds are going to be like minus 120, minus Oh, yeah, at best. Yeah, that that's me being optimistic. It could be even... Lower than that, but uh, yeah, I I think that this definitely ends by knockout, and I think that it ending by knockout is parlayable. To be honest, like that's how I made the most of my money. <laughs> Excuse me on this last card, um, parlaying the Randy Brown versus uh, Azat, right? Um, betting that ending in knockout, and then the over one point five on the in the co-main, and then um, uh, the French French Russian, forget his name right now, Nasrudini Mavov. Okay. So yeah, Dude, yeah. Help say, he's the one that really helped me get the profit. My night would have been fucking dead if it wasn't for him. Dude, you know what? I knew that my night was uh, turning around. Um, so I, I told you that I made that parlay of seventeen bucks, and it was the the total that I would have made would have been one eighty off of that. But 
it got to a point where it was at 150 and I was like, oh shit, it's only 30 more bucks. There's still a possibility. Roman's always dangerous. I'm just going to cash this out, you know, cashed it out. 30 seconds after I cashed it out, that illegal head kick came. A uh, no shit. Wow. They let you cash it out during the fight, huh? Yeah. On, on FanDuel. Wow. DraftKings doesn't let you do that. Yeah. What doesn't? DraftKings? Yeah. No, they don't let you do that. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I was able to cash it out and it was nice, dude. So like as soon as that happened, because one judge, and I think he had it right, one judge scored at 47-47. I think that fight should have been a draw with all the penalties. That, oh, that, that's crazy. There's only one point deducted. I know there was one point deducted, but dude, the fence grabs, the eye pokes, all the shit that that, that dude was doing, 47-47 I think is the most logical way. Someone scored at a 49-46. I thought that was wild. I mean, I, I won't contest that Imavov's a dirty fighter because that's actually one of the reasons I like him. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Right. And But, I mean, he had one point deducted, and I believe he had a round that looked like a 10-8 round, if I'm not mistaken. So Yeah, the first one. So it would kind of cancel that out. I, I thought he won. I, I don't know. I, I thought Delizze looked fucking horrible. Yeah, he, I don't, but I I don't just, think I gave him a round, to be honest. Yeah, he looked bad. He did not look like the same guy that like beat Hermanson and like he didn't look like he was at any point in control of that fight. But just like me cashing that fight that 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 parlay out and just knowing that I pocketed and like, you know, what's 17 of 150, you know, like almost 10 times in your money. I was like, dude, this is perfect. After this point was just deducted, I was feeling right. really fucking good. So yeah, it was just, uh, you know, the night started off great, got real shitty real fast. And then uh got nice but uh anyway co-main event of the evening here man i have to piss so bad do you need to take dude a i do too or can we yeah. take a piss break here yeah i'll pause real quick let me pause. oh fucking sweet i've actually okay. i was thinking to myself like three fights ago like i gotta fuck all right so uh, probably some rough editing right there we didn't uh you know really announced that we were getting off we just said that we had to piss and then we stepped away but here we are we're gonna do the co-main and uh we got two more to, to finish up before we get out of here. And we're going first. And I think this is you. Yeah, your odds. So you're taking uh you're taking this co-main, man. We got Dan Ige, 50k, 30k after taxes. Versus Andre Feely. Who do you got here, Dan? That's a fucking great way to put it. I have not heard that. That is super accurate, though. <laughs> this is a really good fight, man. I mean oh, I love it. Andre Feely, dude, he's been in the UFC for a while. He has 20 UFC fights. Through 20 UFC fights, he's 11 and 9. He just he hasn't been able to put that momentum together to break into the rankings and actually be a contender. He's 33. He's only getting older. He should be in what you would think is in his prime right now. He lost that fight against um, Nathaniel Wood. Personally, I thought he won that fight. Maybe I was a little salty because I bet on Feely there. But he's a guy, man. He's good. He has the tools. He has the skills. But he just hasn't been able to get that momentum that gets him breaking into the rankings. Well, now he has a chance to. He's not ranked, but he's fighting against a number 13 ranked Dan Ige. Feely, he's a guy that he's obviously taller. He got the, he got the height. He got the reach in this fight. He does use his reach well. He got fast hands. I definitely think he has a speed advantage here. I would give Ige the power advantage 
and again, somebody with a power advantage, you got to look at Feely. You know, you, like I said, you got to call a spade a spade. This guy's chin is a little bit suspect, especially after the way uh, Joe Anderson Brito put him out. And then in that Nathaniel Wood fight, he got smoked and dropped in the first round and was able to recover. But it was a, uh, you know, the chin, I'm not, can, I'm not fully convinced it's here. He's a guy that he's been kind of 50-50 in the UFC, 11 and 9. And I would have rathered a different fight for him to try to break into the rankings because Dan Ige is a tough fight, man. He's coming off a shitty loss against Bryce Mitchell, who Feely has also lost to. Both of their wrestling weaknesses kind of got exposed in those fights. Before so go on, since you brought up my, Bryce Mitchell, how do you think Dan Ige did in that? Because I actually think Dan Ige won that fight. I think he, he had his moments for sure. He did well. It was a very close fight, but um, as much... You know, I know people hate on the wrestling a lot, and I'm not, you know, if you're just laying on a guy and not doing any activity, I don't like it either. But at the end of the day, if I'm holding you down and you can't get up, I'm winning, you know? So I I give it to Mitchell there, but it was a very, very close fight. But kind of like, um, Mar- yeah. like Marcos against Davey Grant, just because it was a close fight, I'm not going to call it a robbery. Sure. You just but, look at uh, faces at the end, man. I mean, Bryce Mitchell was fucked up. Dude, I know. And then followed up by one of the most awkward post-fight interviews I've ever seen in my life where he's trying to make Ige pray with him and shit. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, the whole thing was fucked up, man. And I think that, honestly, that was kind of karma. Like, I, you know, I know that the dude is a big Jesus believer. And, and I, you know, I, I, I'm I, on that bandwagon, too, where, you know, I believe in, in you know, Jesus and all these things. But you know, the way he, he is a different, Bryce Mitchell is a different person when he wins versus when he loses. He says that he's yes. going to retire when he loses and he cries about it and he acts like a total bitch. But then when yep. he wins, he's like this God fearing, like just, you know, badass dude where it's like, I'm going to donate to you and pray with me. And, and you know, Dan Ige is just trying to get money donated to his charity. So he's like, all right, you fucking weirdo. I'll oh, pray. it was painful. I mean, and Ige, you know, he's a not, as in your face about it is Bryce Mitchell, but he's a man of God too. So it's like Mitchell's like, no, brother, you're gonna stay here and pray with me. He's like, oh, I fucking guess I have to now, right? Yeah, I want the money. Donate. You Shit was weird, dude. Journey. Yeah, weird, dude. But uh, yeah, continue with what you're saying, man. But yeah, you look at Danny Gay. He had that shitty loss against Bryce Mitchell, where it felt like he could have gotten away with a the victory there, but it was close and. These guys both kind of share similar weaknesses as far as uh, grappling. Not to say these guys can't grapple because, you know, they're they're both good fighters. But I would say Ige is probably a little more well-rounded, but this fight is going to take place on the feet. They both have good technical striking, and they're kind of different as far as Ricci likes to keep – or Feely likes to keep you at the end of his strikes. Ige wants to get in on you. And – um I'd like to think Ige can find his way around the length of Feely and he can land those bigger shots. He definitely has a power advantage. Feely probably got the speed advantage. Usually I take speed over power, but I don't think either guy, neither guy here is fighting for their job, but they are fighting for rank. And I think this is one of these situations where Danny Ige is going to keep that rank and it's going to be the story of Feely's career where this guy just can't get the momentum going. He can't seem to break into that top 15. So I'm going to take Danny Gay to gatekeep this. And we'll say it's going to be a hard-fought decision. But I'm going to say unanimous decision for Danny Gay. 
Yeah, man. I agree with your pick, but I completely disagree with the well-roundedness. I think this is a perfect um, live bet scenario where if we see Andre Feely go in, throw a one-two, maybe stand up for like a minute, 30 seconds, something like that, and then shoot a takedown, because Andre Feely, that's his path to victory, is taking down Ige. And and you see him do this in his fights where he does really well. Like, yeah, obviously he'll get some knockouts, but Feely, I think, is the more well-rounded dude. Ige is the pure striker, in my opinion. Um I think that, you know, I'm I'm going to have action on Ige, and I think that Ige wins this, and I think that he could actually knock out Feely, too. Um, I like I think that he should t- change his nickname to Ricci instead of Touchy, like you said. I like that. Because, uh, yeah, it's like almost like a reach around that this dude's doing. Yeah, I was, I was thinking of the reach at the same time I was saying Feely, and it worked out to Ricci. Yeah, dude, I like it. I think that it makes a lot of sense. And um, these are these are talented dudes, man. Andre Feely was supposed to be like the next, uh, you know, the next champion in this division. Like, uh, like um, I've heard people comparing him to Cody Garbrandt. I've heard people comparing him to, you know, and obviously Bantamweight versus Featherweight and whatever, but similar kind of look and all this stuff. I will say this tattoo on his throat is sick. A gas lamp. That is nasty. That's a dope ass tattoo. Um, and he's, he's expanded on that a little bit more, but yeah, it's like basically an old school gas lamp. I think that's badass. Um, I think it's kind of like a double entendre, like he's gaslighting you when he's talking to you. So maybe he's kind of a piece of shit. Maybe he's not a very good person. And maybe that's why he isn't really able to crack into this top 10. But these Hawaiian dudes know how to fight in Ige. Um, he doesn't lose to any bad fighters. Name one bad fighter he's lost to. Because Bryce Mitchell, as much as we want to hate on him, he's not a bad fighter, man. He's a, a very good fighter. He beat- shout out to Bryce Mitchell for cashing my bet on Josh Abbott when my night was in shambles. And I said, fuck it. I'm just going to bet with my heart. Yeah. Put it all on Abbott. And he gives him the Michael Johnson treatment. Same thing for me, man. Same thing for me. I bet on, um, I bet on uh, fucking what's his name? Josh Emmett that night too. Voldemort, baby. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, not the most technical, but look at who Josh Emmett's losing to too, man. He's losing to somebody that's challenging for the belt. And uh, honestly, I, I am very pissed off with Josh Emmett's toughness in that fight because I had around three or four, whenever they, whenever they were thinking about stopping the fight, I bet on that, that fight to end by knockout in that round. And I was like, please call this fucking fight. And, and, you know, even Ilya Taporia was like, I'm surprised that they let him continue. Um, it's almost like in times like that where it's like, all right, is there any broke people in Tucson, Arizona making this bet? Let's make sure that we don't give them any money here and just let them continue. Bullshit on that one. But, you know, people that that um, Danny Ige's losing to here, man, let's let's go through it. Bryce Mitchell, Mavsar Evloev. I mean, he he's a very boring fighter, and Dana White has has expressed that he doesn't really like his style. But realistically, the guy deserves a title shot soon. Josh Emmett, contender, fucking Korean zombie, right? I mean, he's losing to great fighters, incredible fighters. So Calvin Cater, and he's beating some some decent fighters. Edson Barbosa is a phenomenal fighter, man. Yeah. Gavin Tucker, Damon Jackson's whatever. Nate Landwehr's a fun fighter. So this is a really interesting spot where to where it's like, it, it, this almost should be a pick'em, in my opinion. 
But I think it's a good live bet opportunity. I think if you see Andre Feely try to wrestle, I think you you bet quite a bit on Feely. And, um, you know, if he's trying to strike with Dan Ige, I think he gets knocked the fuck out in round one. So give me Ige, knockout round one. Let's go. Going to the main event now. It's a little bold. I'm, I'm giving Feely. I'm giving, I'm going to say that chin still exists. Yeah, I think. Not he, convinced it's fully gone yet. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, uh, yeah, you're either you're either 100 percent right or you're 100 percent wrong in this situation because you got decision right. So, right. I mean, it's a uh, it's an interesting interesting look here. We'll see what happens. Now, this fight's I think it's closer than a lot of people think. The main event of the evening: Jack Hermanson, the Joker versus Joe Pfeiffer, Dana White's boy, body bags as he's known. Um, I think he's wildly overhyped. Joe Pfeiffer is. Um, I can't stand, I love that meme that you shared in our little group chat where, you know, this dude, and I'm not saying like, I'm a white guy. I'm not saying that every white dude has privilege. I I don't believe in white privilege at all, but for this guy to come out here and talk about how he's got a mean mommy and daddy and all these things. And no one cared about me growing up, dude, people have it so fucking hard around the world and you have a little bit of adversity and you're going to cry about this and remind people constantly about how hard you had it growing up in Philadelphia. I get it. Everyone gets it. People have it hard here. Not as hard. I mean, being born in the United States, dude, you, you win the life lottery, basically being born here, to be honest. Bro, we're so lucky. We're so fucking lucky. You see some of these kids, man. So I, I can't stand Joe Pfeiffer, man. I want to see him get knocked out so bad. I don't think it happens here. I don't think he necessarily loses here, but I don't think that he's just going to run through Jack Hermanson. I'm actually tempted to put a bet on Hermanson because I don't know how solid Pfeiffer's cardio is. This is a 25-minute fight. Should it go that long? Um, I mentioned how how lacking I think the skill set on the feet is with the Henzo Gracie gym. Obviously, uh, Joe Pfeiffer fighting at a Henzo Gracie there in Philly. Jack Hermanson's nasty on the ground. Uh, don't tell that to Roman Delize because, he, you know, he got this dude in a fucking calf slicer, which is really hard to do. But, I mean, Jack Hermanson's a nasty dude on the ground. He's fought the better competition by a mile. He's, uh, I think he's the taller guy. No, it's the same size, essentially. He's got the longer reach, though. Um, this is a tough one, man. 35-year-old versus a 27-year-old, you know who the UFC wants to win. You know who Dana White wants to win, and that's Joe Pfeiffer. Body bags all day is who they want to win. My question is, what happens if Jack Hermanson drags this into the championship rounds? What happens if this goes to round four and five? Can Joe Pfeiffer, with his fucking big muscles and all this shit, you know, they're they're saying that this guy hits harder than Francis Ngannou. That's the narrative. He doesn't. I'll tell you that right now. This dude does not hit harder than Francis Ngannou. So the big question here when before you you make your bet is is Joe Pfeiffer overhyped? Is he is he someone that they're pushing? I'm not saying that they're rushing him up. I think that they're giving him a favorable matchup here, but I don't think that he's deserving of the the opportunities that he's gotten. This dude is prone to injury. He's admitted that himself, man. So I'm tempted to take a dog shot here on Hermanson. 
I know that you're on Pfeiffer. I don't want to spoil it, but tell me why you're on Pfeiffer. Well, I will start out by saying Pfeiffer is my lock of the card. Um, he's had three UFC fights, and he's already fighting a ranked guy. Jack Hermanson's ranked number 11. It's so glaringly obvious. We all know how much Dana White loves Joe Pfeiffer for whatever reason. The whole be Joe Pfeiffer. Dana loves this guy. That's why he's 3-0 in the UFC. He's gotten layups of competition in all three fights. And they're trying to give him the easiest ranked fight they could possibly give him. Joe Pfeiffer, he's a dude, the majority of his fights, he's knocking people out. Uh, he's had three UFC fights. He's finished all three opponents, even though they weren't that great of opponents. You look at the strength of schedule of Jack Hermanson, it's not even fucking close. Jack Hermanson has fought the way better guys. But the thing that I like about Pfeiffer, as much knockouts as he has and as hard of a hitter as he is, it's not like he's one of these guys that he comes out crazy and he chases a knockout. He's very composed. You know, he doesn't rush things. He he won't chase a knockout. He'll let it happen organically. And I know you hate on the Renzo guys. You know, they're striking I think Joe Pfeiffer is an exception to that. He's probably sure. the best striker in that entire gym. Definitely. Um, and being in that gym, he has solid grappling. I mean, we saw that in his last fight. And to touch on his last fight against Al-Hassan, uh, I had Pfeiffer there. He was, you know, he was on the wheel. He was the biggest bet of the night. But I was very glad I got to learn something about him. He was getting his legs kicked into another fucking dimension. And he didn't check any fucking leg kicks. I'm sure he's aware of that. And I'm sure he knows that's something he needs to work on. So I'm hoping in this fight, he's learned how to address a fucking calf kick. You look at Jack Hermanson, the strength of schedule, the experiment experience, it's not even close. Jack Hermanson has had more fights in the UFC than Joe Pfeiffer has had fights, period. Um, and Jack Hermanson, I know a lot of people look at him as a wrestler, this dude's a hard puzzle to solve. He's very in and out. His movements are very jerky and unorthodox. And, you know, he comes in, throws a weird leg kick with a weird hook over it. It's just not conventional striking. He's a hard puzzle to solve. So Joe Pfeiffer, I don't think there's any doubt Joe Pfeiffer gets his hand raised in this fight. Come next week, Joe Pfeiffer will have a rank next to his name. There's no doubt that he wins. It's a, in my mind, but it's a matter of how. Jack Hermanson's such a hard puzzle to solve. I think Pfeiffer, it's going to take him a few rounds to figure it out. On top of that, this is a five-round fight. Both guys are going to want to pace themselves accordingly. So I think the masses are probably going to be Joe Pfeiffer by knockout all day. I'm going to side with Joe Pfeiffer wins a decision. And that's probably going to be really good odds there. But Joe Pfeiffer is my lock of the card. I have, I really don't think he loses here. And I think this fight's going to go the distance. It might get a little hairy at some points, but Jack Hermanson's good. He's going to have his moments. You got to, you know, be aware of that as a Pfeiffer better. I'm taking Pfeiffer on the money line, but for a prop, I'm definitely going to sprinkle something on Joe Pfeiffer to win a decision because I'm sure those odds are going to be good. And I'm going to give Hermanson some credit, man. You got fucking, he's going on his 17th UFC fight. You, you don't stay in the UFC this long because you're bad. He's a good fighter, man, but I, it's one of these out with the old, in with the new. It's so obvious the UFC wants a number next to Pfeiffer's name, and I think he's going to get it. So 
let's go Joe Pfeiffer by decision, but Joe Pfeiffer, I'm putting him money line at the end of every parlay I plays. Let me ask you, do you think that Joe Pfeiffer beats uh, Marvin Vittori? Uh, I think this fight will be very telling of how that fight would go. Because I think Marvin Vittori being the, you know, being the better wrestler than Hermanson, they still share some similarities. Right. So seeing how Pfeiffer deals with Hermanson will be very telling where his career goes from here. But as of right now, he's three fights in and he's getting an opportunity to break into the top 15. He's getting in there for sure. That's what the UFC wants. And usually the UFC gets what they want. <clears throat> he's getting into the top 15 for sure. Uh, and I just, this fight will be a good learning experience too. I don't have any doubt he's going to lose, but I'm looking forward to learning here because this is absolutely a step up in competition. And I'm really interested to see how he handles a guy like Jack Hermanson, who is a fucking puzzle. This guy is like, there's no clear cut way to beat this guy. So I'm dying to see how he does against him. And that'll determine whether I ride him or fade him in the future. But as far as this matchup, I'm on Piper all day. Okay. Yeah. Um, both these dudes have lost to Hamza Chemaev in wrestling. It looks like. Oh, no, maybe that's just Jack. No, there's no way Pfeiffer's fucking wrestled Tremayev. Well, I remember he was he was supposed to have a, a grappling match against Charles Ratke. I was really fucking looking forward to it. And then fucking Ratke pulled out last minute. Oh, really? I don't know. if to, I don't think Tapology will have it. Yeah. Oh, no, they do. Do that. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I was looking at uh, Hermanson. He lost to Tremayev in wrestling. But, um See, it's interesting that you're taking that the the decision with Pfeiffer. I think that a really solid bet here is Pfeiffer decision no action, to where like if oh it, you're on Alex's little decision only train, huh? Uh, well, no, finish only, to where like if if a decision happens. There's... Oh, okay, okay. So you're thinking Pfeiffer finish only? I think that if Pfeiffer wins, he's knocking fucking Hermanson out, man. Dude, I I just I feel like that's where the masses are going to be with this. Joe Pfeiffer finds a finish over you know, a 35-year-old Jack Hermanson, but I give Hermanson the credit, man. He's been around for a bit. He's not an easy guy to get out of there. He is fucking, he shows a lot of weird looks that, you know, you don't see with every guy you fight. I think it's going to probably take him about two to three rounds to figure out that puzzle. And I I just don't think Hermanson's going anywhere. I I, I think this is going to be Piper's first UFC fight that goes the distance. And I think it's going to be fucking really good odds too. Hmm. Like probably I would imagine at least plus five, six hundred. Yeah. I don't see it, man. I'll uh I mean obviously I have it marked down here for you. Pie for decision. I, I just but think no pie for money line. That is the fucking anchor. That I'm gonna have that on everything. Okay. And I can see the over two and a half is plus one twenty four. So that pie for decision is gonna be juicy. Yeah. Yeah, man, I uh, that's tough, dude. I I think Hermanson has a solid shot here, dude. Like honestly, I really think he does. Sure. Um, I I probably gotta go go Piper as well, though. Um, I think that that Piper probably gets a KO in round two, round one. I'm gonna put round two here on on uh, you know, the books. But um, I don't think Piper wants to go to the ground with Hermanson. 
Um, I don't, I don't, I know he's not scared and he's going to be, you know, he's going to be his cocky self in the, in the, you know, fight interviews, the, the pre-fight interviews, the media day and stuff like that. But I don't know. Hermanson is, is, is better than he is right now. I wish we could show that meme that I sent you earlier. Cause that, is that not the most accurate fucking thing you've ever seen? We can show it. Oh, can you? <laughs> it's fucking, yeah. it is on point. Can you see Instagram right now? Yes. Okay. So yeah, this is uh I and yeah, I, I'm just not a fan of Pfeiffer, but I, I do I do get the uh the skill level is absolutely there, man. Like he's he's decent. He's not great, but he's decent. It says Joe Pfeiffer when it's been five minutes and he hasn't told anyone about how bad his childhood was. And I, I mean, dude, I just can't stand how he gets up there. He's this big old fucking muscle bound dude and he's crying. I, and, and it's like, dude, you're not even fucking like, I get that you're accomplishing shit that no one really accomplishes in the world, right? You're getting wins in the UFC. That's very rare. But you're getting up there and crying by getting wins over fucking cans. You know, it's whack to me. It's so whack. So um, not a fan of the guy at all. Um, but I, I also can't say that he's not going to be a, a champion someday. I think it's possible, especially if he gets fucking keeps getting spoon fed matches by uh daddy Dana there, dude. That's it's a wild thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like we said, man, it's fucking, I mean, you should, I, I figure you'd be able to see it too. This is glaringly obvious who, I mean, how many fighters you see get three UFC fights and they're already fighting a ranked guy. It does, doesn't happen often unless they're fighting to lose. So yeah. it, it just seems so obvious the direction the UFC wants to go with this. Yeah, and to be honest, man, like, you know, every single promotion does this. And and the UFC is just the highest level promotion. But every promotion has their fighters that they want to get higher up. I mean, you listen to Joe Pfeiffer when he is on a microphone. He gets you invested one way or the other. Like, everyone that watches UFC has an opinion about the guy, right? There's people out there like Jack Hermanson. I'm indifferent. I I could give a shit what Jack Hermanson does. I don't, me, myself, I don't particularly want Joe Pfeiffer to do well, but I have an opinion about Joe Pfeiffer. I don't have an opinion about Hermanson. And that's, that's the worst spot that someone can be when they have this massive platform to just have the fans indifferent about their success. Right. Right. If you if you have somebody talking about you saying that you want this guy to get knocked out or you want this dude to win, that's the best spot to be in. Look at uh, Floyd Mayweather, man. Everybody tuned into his fights because they wanted him to get knocked the fuck out. And he never got knocked the fuck out, barely got touched. So, you know, you have to have the skill, obviously, but you have to be able to back it up. Colby Covington obviously learned this pretty early on, had a pretty vanilla, boring, bland personality and then adopted a nasty personality. And, um, you know, people are invested in him, man. He's one of the more popular welterweights out there right now. So, I don't know. Interesting, but a couple fights are going to get canceled for sure. There's no fucking way that we get 14 fights on this card. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, it's it starts fairly early in the day. Nice little fight night card. Should be fun, man. I'm excited. I don't know if you got anything else that you want to throw out there before we get out. Yeah, I got to leave it leave with a couple plays at least. Let's go. I gotta so I'll give the whale bet the biggest bet of the night. So usually I wait until weigh-ins before I place any bets. I at least want to see how everybody looks on the scale. Uh these two I knew the odds were only gonna get worse. 
Marcos and Pfeiffer, two team parlay. The two of those is plus 100. If you're hearing it right now, it's either plus 100 or it's already gotten worse. So right now I have that. That's going to be the whale. I have 200 on that to get back 400. And then I got to leave you with a juicy four-teamer steamer. Then you go Max Griffin, Loma Lukbunmi, Mr. Unreliable, Michael Johnson, and Dan Ige. The four of those is plus 800. I put 50 bucks on it to get me back 450. It's wild that you're throwing Johnson into parlay. Oh, dude, I know. Oh, I know. I mean, feel free to leave him out if you want, but I'm, I'm taking Mr. Unreliable because I know for gay. I know for gay. You sleep Dustin Poirier. I know for gay. I don't care if it was nine years ago. But that's what I, those are the plays I got for you. I'm on Instagram, Teat Picks, T E E P Kicks, or Picks. Give me a follow. And if you don't, as always, your mom's a cunt. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you're not going to like this, but my dog of the week is Flowers. Big uh, fan. He's fighting your uh, your boy there. Um, for a parlay, I'm not sure what the odds are, but I'm just going to throw this together last minute here. Um, give me a meal. A meal. Give me a meal. Give me Oki. Give me Giles. Give me Robocop. And give me Ige. That's gonna that's gotta be big. And Ige was your last leg? Yeah, Emil, Oki, Giles, Hobocop, and Ige. You're looking at plus thirteen hundred. That's a juicy one. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take it. I mean, I was feeling really safe up until Giles, but I'm with you on Giles. I just, I'm not convinced on a meal, man. We see it every week. These contender series guys love the fall as favorites. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, you know, usually that's how my parlays work out. It busts on the first pick or it rolls, you know? So, so uh, that's why I always do the whale bit every week. I'll have the one or two guys I'm the most confident in and I'll put the most on that. That way, if all of my parlays some go, end up going to shit. I at least have my two most confident ones, and as long as those hit, we'll make profit. I like it. I'm surprised you didn't throw Pfeiffer in your plus eight hundred uh, parlay there. Uh well, I try to you know I try to keep the whale and the parlays separate. Okay, but you're right. I you know what I am a degen, and I have not bet that plus eight hundred yet. And there is a very good chance it turns into a five teamer with Pfeiffer at the end. And that's probably going to make it a nice, uh, you know, at least 1,000. You would think. Um, now, I was going through the picks here. You have Clark KO round two, correct? No. I thought, you had, I thought you had Clark KO round two. I believe I took Prackneo to win a decision. Okay, I just mixed those up. That's why. Cool. Yeah, Prackneo decision. P.D. And I got okay, cool. Yeah, I was looking at that and I was like, I swear to God, I remember you taking Procne. I like it. How many disagreements we have this week? We have so we're both on Marcos, we're both on a mill. You're on Guskov. I'm on Palga. We're both on Griffin. You're on Procneo. I'm on Clark. We're both on Loma. We're both on Oki. 
We're both on Giles, even though we're both skeptical on that one. But you got to get that dog odds for a, for a juicy parlay. You're on Petrosian. I'm on Vieira. You're on Johnson. I'm on Flowers. We're both on RoboCop. We're both on Brychik. We're both on Ige. And we're both on Pfeiffer. So we've got four disagreements. Perfect. You're going down this week. I'm telling you. And we'll see. I beat you both weeks that we've been keeping track. So I might I might have to make a belt or something because if we're about to turn on a fucking heater. Dude, I would love to have a belt, man, or a trophy. Oh, dude, we might have to have a weekly trophy. It's gonna suck mailing it between fucking Yeah, we're not mailing that thing because by the time it gets here, it's gonna get here like the day, the week after. And like, you know, we'll just it'll be a it'll be a digital trophy. Maybe we can just have like a little uh avatar up on our court top right corner where we got the trophy that week i like it but yeah well, fun to get that avatar ready because my trophy's coming this week hey we'll see man you haven't gotten it yet so we'll see but what do you got before we get out of here what do you got to uh to share with the folks that's it man just follow me on instagram t picks that's me fucking that's all i got for you if you want I gave you the whale bet. I gave you a juicy parlay. If you want to talk anything else over, feel free to shoot me a DM. Fucking, I'll talk your ear off. Uh, what is your Instagram teep picks? Teep picks. Like a teep kick. T-E-E-P picks. Cool. Now, yeah, your whale bet, Marcos Pfeiffer, you put $200 on this. So you're very confident in the first fight of the night and the last that, fight. That's my most confident play of the day. I got 200 on that and I have 50 on the four teamer and I'll probably split up a few more punts and parlays between like another 50 to 75. But as long as Marcos and Pfeiffer win, I'll be in the profit. Cool. Now for people listening, picks are likely to change. Possibly they will change throughout the week. Um, Tune in on the dangerous world podcast, Instagram. I will post these in the story. Uh, I usually like to post my picks last minute um, before the fight card starts. You can throw yours out there as well. Um, I usually take like the fight card and then I put like X's over the people that I think lose, you know? Yeah, I do the same thing. I do little skulls though. And then I'll put a lock over the uh, one the of the whales or whatever I'm confident in. Perfect. Yeah, we can do that. I'll get Alex to do it too. And we'll, uh, we'll share, share our last minute picks with everybody, but thanks to everyone listening. Super fun, uh, 11 weeks ahead. I think now we've got 10 weeks ahead of uh, just straight UFC. There's some uh, some fun events going on in other promotions as well, so check it out. But until next week, guys, take care. Good luck if you're betting, and uh, share any good bets with us if you got them out there. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.